This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Good morning, this is Mitch uh, coming at you for the Daily Breakfast Show with another another quiz question. Uh, the Sorry, not question, statement. <laughs> the statement, the third clue in the line this morning is, I am the mother of Judah, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Issachar and Zebulun. I know who this is. Once again, if you'd like to call in, the phone number is 1-800-324-843 and the text number is 0491-064-669. No, that's not it. <laughs> Min's offered three names so far and hasn't uh, hasn't struck home on any what's of them the, just the yet. What's the other one? Oh. Sorry, so Carly and I are just here guessing. Oh. There we go. Hey, there we go. That's the one. No I didn't have to be one then. of them. I was just like, come on, come on now. It's going to be one. One of the two. There you go. Okay. Do you guys know the answer? Yeah, give us a buzz. So did I interrupt you? Were you going to say anything else, Mitch? Uh, we're just uh, going to give a little bit of a, a, a plug to the prize for this this series. The prize, as we have mentioned, is the book Patriots and Prophets. But we're going to talk a little bit about it. Patriots and Prophets covers the sweeping panorama of human history from creation through to the reign of King David. Mm. With unusual insight, the author describes the role of our planet in the cosmic conflict between right and wrong. It's written by Ellen G. White, the most published female Christian author of all time, and it's number six in the series called Conflict of the Ages. Oh, that's Excellent. cool. That actually was a really good plug too. It was. Thank you. Was like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, I do well. <laughs> um, yeah, team effort. But it is now time for our Encounter with God section. So basically this is our Bible study, 20 million movement. There's people all around the world who are doing the same study. So this morning, if you're listening, you can follow along. Um, if you have a Bible, you can crack it out. If you're just at work having a listen, we're glad you joined us. Um, but before we get into it, um, I might say a word of prayer before we before we read. Uh, Papa Lord God, I just thank you so much that we have access to your word um, as we read this morning. God, help us uh, see more of who you are and more of who we are. And we just thank you for this opportunity to study the Bible together. Amen. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, as you guys may or may not recall, if you were listening, we were talking about crisis of leadership. And so we are in, uh, yeah, we're currently in Isaiah chapter 6. Yesterday we spoke on the kind of holiness of God, Isaiah sees this vision, it's pretty hectic. Um, but it, yeah, it's really about the holiness of God, as I just said. So we're going to continue reading through that. So in Isaiah chapter 6, as you said, if you have your Bible, read along. Otherwise, Carly, do you want to take it away? Isaiah 6, verse 5 to 7. Alrighty. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. It's pretty hectic. <laughs> right. What, what do you reckon... Okay, so when I do my devotions, I just ask questions. Like, literally, I just have a journal and just be like, why did this? Da, 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 da. 
And I sometimes will go down there. Now, how did this feel? <laughs> Tangent, like just on the a feeling human. brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. The feeling. That's right. The emotional brain. <laughs> but I do wonder. Like you've just seen this amazing sight. I just. I feel like his response is totally reasonable. He's like, "Whoa, yeah. whoa, is my life? <laughs> what is happening? What's going to happen to me?" Because, mm. like, we see. Oh, oh, you know what? Let's 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 read some more in. Judges 6, we're going to go over there, we often see that, yeah, when people kind of have this interaction with God, they're like, oh, and the angels consistently have to be like, don't be <laughs> afraid, you're not going to die. But yeah, let's, let's just read another. Oh, Judges, I'm going the wrong way. Um, Which is interesting, right? Because God is a God that we don't need to be afraid of. At the same time, there's this fear of the Lord thing, mm. you know, the Bible yep. talks consistently about um, so let's read Judges 6, verse 22 and 23. Do one of you guys want to read that? Sure. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Mm. So if we remember from... In the early testament, uh, early, yeah, early Old Testament, God kind of says, "Hey, no one can see me and live." Mm. That doesn't seem to apply the same degree with angels, yeah, for yeah. Isaiah's case, right? But it's definitely enough to like panic him a bit, scare you a bit, like, yep. Oh. <laughs> like, a full ensemble of them didn't kill the shepherds, so. No. Yes. I feel like that's true. a fairly good opportunity for them to come out in all of their glory. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting with the shepherds as well, which I love. That's one of the aspects I love about that story because it starts with one angel appearing and being like, hey, hang on, I've got some good news. It's yeah. really good. And then you can kind of see the guys hold back. Hang on, hang on, stay stay invisible. <laughs> and just got, I'll greet them. They'll get used to me. And then once we've shared the message, then everyone can come. And then you, mm. you notice that after a while, then all the angels come. It's like, okay, we can't stop it anymore. We're so excited. Duh! And then they just break out. That is cool. And so it's like God being like, all right, guys, they're going to be a bit scared. So maybe maybe just one of you have be a chat. Calm, down. Yeah. One of you, get them used to that, and then you can go for it. Uh-huh. And you just see that joy of heaven being like, ah, God's coming. Do you guys know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just angels being like, yep, okay, so keen. Yep, okay, a little bit. And, and like you said, like that message of like, hey, I'm here, hang on, don't freak out, it's all right. Be calm, don't be afraid, but here's the message, and it's really important, and that's why God sent me yeah. to share that with you. Mm. That's a good point, right? Like any time the angels show up really through the Bible, there's an important message. Mm. Like in this situation, it's a very different kind of political message. Oh, well, it is. It's to the people who are kind of off doing their own thing and God's like, hey, I actually really want to draw you back to me. And then you have, you know, say the story where it comes to the shepherd. Still an important message. Sort of a different message. Well, mm. no, is it? It's still about God going, I want to be with you guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is that you know mm. that, the gospel of like, hey, I love you, I care about you. Yeah. In this situation, you might need a bit of a reprimand. In this situation, <laughs> it's encouragement. Yeah. Either way, it's still that underlying message of love from God, which yeah. I think is amazing. Hard out. But think about how it was presented. Like just before um, the the Isaiah passage that we read, mm. you can read the visual details about what the angels appearing was like to Isaiah, as yeah. opposed to what it was like for the shepherds, and it is terrifying. <laughs> it is really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's quickly do that. Um, oh. In in six verse two, yeah. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. 
Six wings. Mm. You see a couple of, and it's seraphim. It's plural. You see a couple of those guys coming at you with six wings. <laughs> yeah. Just, you'd be freaking out. Yeah, hard out. I um, so I'm reading Ezekiel um through at the moment again, and it's not it's not the exact same description as this. Is it the seraphim as well, or maybe it's the cherubim? Anyway, just gonna side tangent over here. Different kind of angel, but. You guys have read Ezekiel, yeah? Mm. The first chapter is all like this weird-ass vision and it's just like these four creatures – sorry, these creatures with four faces, with wings, with like all this different stuff. And I'm like trying to read it and be like, what is this? (laughs) And I just imagine any of the prophets trying to explain this thing that you're seeing that is kind of like a human, also really not. How do you explain that? And also – not just explain what it is, but how to articulate the gravity of the fact that you are seeing it. Mm. Like, I just feel like, as I hear, he does pretty good in the sense that he, we know his reaction. He's just like, Mm-mm. what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here with me? But you're right. Terrifying, right? Yeah. Maybe not a bad terror. No, mm. absolutely. It, and, and, then you, and then you see the next part where it's like, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Like, the whole situation, <laughs> just like, whoa, what is happening? And like you said, I mean, his response is... Totally relatable because, like, oh, I am undone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should not be here. I don't know what I'm doing here in the presence of everything that's going on here. This, no, <laughs> I would just be flat on the <laughs> ground. Not where I want to be. <laughs> Incredible. I have a question about that actually for you guys. So my version says, and so uh, verse four, and the house was filled with smoke. Do you reckon, like, what's the significance of this? Because we also see this when um, God comes to Moses on the mountain. Mm. That there's all this cloud and thunder and lightning stuff, but it's you, you can't see it, right? It's all this, yeah, cloud. Um, I find it this really interesting um, dichotomy. Is that the word I want? Where on one hand you have the whole your presence is brightness, also your throne is covered in cloud. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, is that for our sake because we can't see the glory of God and live? But then. Like, sorry, I'm just like just talking here. I don't have a conclusion. But what are your guys' thoughts, which we will explore in a second? Basically, for those of you who don't know, we have a break just right now. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And every time, every time I'm like, mm, really out of time. Anyway, do you guys have any thoughts? On the cloud, brightness, darkness situation. Mm. Well, what was coming through my mind as you were discussing that is this idea of um, Jesus' presence being with the people of Israel. And in the mm. daytime, he's there as a cloud, like protecting them, covering them. And then at nighttime, it swaps over and becomes that fire to keep them warm and provide light at night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't have anything deep to say about that. But just this idea, you know, that we do see the presence of God demonstrated in different um, different forms, I guess. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Because mm. I... We don't know what God's being is like because we can't see him. Mm. And I just think it's cool that he has these really physical ways to manifest that this is definitely a bigger, greater, stranger being than your classic human. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Absolutely. There's another story, Mm. the one where um, God shows his back to Moses. Ooh, yeah. Because Moses said, Lord, I'd like to see you in your full glory. And, And God said, you, no, you can't handle that. <laughs> Just settle. Know your place. Mm-hmm. But then um, uh, passages in uh, Exodus 34, verse 5 to 28, and I won't read the whole thing. Um, but the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. 
and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the, the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Earlier in that passage, it mentions that he appears in, in cloud. Hmm. Um, so deliberate, and he shows only his back. Yeah. So I think that the cloud is, you know, for our ben- for our benefit hmm. yeah. to obscure the full glory. Otherwise, it'd wipe us out. Um, yeah. You know what I really like about the story, and again, this is going on a bit of a tangent. But he asks to see the glory of God. God says you actually can't handle it. But then what he does show him is all those things, like mm. slow to anger, loving, da 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 da. And I'm like, oh, this the character of God is part of His glory. Mm. Yeah. Like, to me, that's just an interesting thing. It's not like, look at my splendor. That's part of it because you're like, you, you can't deal with that. Mm. But a big part is also like God's heart. So I, just, yeah. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, like the beauty of God. Like this yeah. is actually, this is almost like this is not, you know, almost more important. Like this is who God is. Coming mm. back to like the God is love and this is the reality. This is more of important God the to you. Yeah, you can't see yeah. God, but this is what you really need to know about him. He yes. loves you. Yes. You know, holds justice as important. He holds grace as important. Mm. Yeah. He gives mercy. This at, is the part that humans need to at, relate to. Yeah, at this point, what would seeing his form really do for us? Nothing. Mm. All we need to know is, you know, the Bible, the gospel, what God shows to us. Mm. He shows yeah. us everything we need to know. Yeah. That's a really good point. I really like that. Yeah. Um, Let's get back to Isaiah for a sec. So I've got this quote I'm just going to read. So it says... Standing, as it were, in the light, uh, sorry, in the full light of the divine presence within the inner sanctuary, he, being Isaiah, realized that if left to his own imperfection and inefficiency, he would be utterly unable to accomplish the mission to which he had been called. So this is going back to um, five through seven, where he says, you know, was woe am I? Mm. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of unclean people. For my eyes have seen the king. I find it really interesting because if we... I don't know if you guys remember the story. Ooh, is it in John? Luke? Oh. <laughs> anyway, it's one of the gospel stories where Jesus comes and calls Peter and the disciples from the boat. We have this in a couple of gospels, but in this in, in this gospel, it's where, you know, hey, have you caught some fish? No, we've been out here all night. Chuck out your nets again. Oh, but Lord, okay, we will. Jesus literally just helps him ca- catch some fish and Peter jumps out, fall on his knees. He's like get away from me because mm. I'm a sinner. Mm. You know, like what is it about that thing? And it's that's the human level, right? We see Jesus in his humanity here. But I'm like it's almost always the same response when people come into contact with who God is. It's, oh, no, I shouldn't be in your presence. Mm. But I love that this is Isaiah at the side of this chapter. He's the one being called, mm. right? It's just like, yeah, as humans, we are probably more of a liability to God than a help. In my head, in my head. Absolutely. <laughs> but he's still like, no, 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 you're the one for the job. Yeah. Like, you you come, I'll sort out your mess, mm. but you come. Yeah. Sounds, it's yeah. so cool. It's like God doesn't need us at all, and yet this beautiful reality is that he's like, hey, I, 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 I he want to us. use you. Yeah, I yeah. want to yeah. use you in sharing, you know, the gospel of God's love. Like, yeah, 
yeah. don't need you, but hey, do you want to come along? And you know what? I'll teach you what you need to know Yeah. in the process and clean you up. As we've just read with Azar being like, you can't fix yourself. There's <laughs> nothing you can do. Azar's like, oh, I've got nothing. This is not good. And then God's like, yeah, but I've got everything and I've actually done everything that needs to be done, mm. um, which I think is just beautiful. Mm. Do you think it takes recognizing our need a little bit here too? Like mm. what we can only speculate, but what would have happened if this had come and Isaiah's reaction was either, oh, I'm all good, man, cool, I get to see God, or he was like, no, 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 actually get away from me. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was either so far, no, I refuse to be accepted by mm. you for this work, or oh, it's not that big a deal, like I'm not that bad a person, you know, would he have still had the same ministry? Mm. Because here um, it says that one of the seraphim flew, um, having having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. The altar, for context, being in the sanctuary, the sanctuary, the whole purpose of that was because God was going, I want to dwell among them. I want my presence to be with you. And while they had the sanctuary, there was always going to be hope for the people. Like someone, oh, I was listening to a sermon once, and they said, what's the worst possible thing Israel could have ever done? It wasn't like to commit the grave sin. It would have been to not have the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Because while there was a sanctuary, there was a hope for a remission of sin because it all points to Jesus. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Anyway, so that's context, altar, fire. He comes, touches his lips, and he says, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. What's the significance of this? Why Why the coal? Why the fire? Why touching the lips? Mm. That's an interesting one, hey? And, you know, just when Isaiah's like, Oh, look, I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm undone. I've got unclean lips. I can't, I, I dwell with people who are messed up just like me. Mm. I'm not the person that, you know, I'm not the person who should be doing this at all. <laughs> and then God's like, yeah, not as you are, but Ooh. you can become more like the person that I've designed you to be in the first place. And I'll help you with that first step. Yeah. I'll call you, I'll, you know, as you said, you're unclean. Well, let me do, and you know, and the incense. And I really love the idea that, um, you know, when you think about the sanctuary, like you're saying with the incense and the altar, like that's, they use the altar to light the incense and to burn that. Mm. But because of the coal, that's what touches the incense and burns it. But here, Isaiah is the one who's being touched by the coal. Yeah. So it's like, in a way, he's become, it's like, I don't know, maybe symbolically like that incense being like, hey, like I'm going to use you to spread the fragrance of my love to the world. Like where you go, I'm, you know, symbolically, yes. the coal has now gone to Isaiah and now Isaiah is the one who, through his ministry, which God has empowered him to do, mm. that's, that, will be, that will spread the fragrance of God to whoever he comes in contact with. And it's God that's doing that. I love that. No, keep going. I'm just that's just reminded me of a Bible verse I'm gonna read. Do you have any any thoughts, Mitch? I'm loving what I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So that just reminded me. I love that thought. So in Second Corinthians two, verse fourteen and fifteen. Oh, I love these verses. So it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in tri- always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance mm. of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are parents, perishing. Yeah, wow. it's, it's literally that thought, right? It's like, you go be the fragrance now. Mm. You, mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Very nice. That's a thought. Yeah. I don't know what kind of thought, but it's a thought. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, wow. And I guess with the altar too, or I think I'm getting, oh, no, it was a consistently lit fire, right? Like mm. it was never to go out. Yep. So I guess there's part of that in that the work of the Holy Spirit and that we know that it says that God never sleeps. Mm. Like, the work is consistently there to be done in saving us and saving the people. And you're right. He, like, I feel like God often goes, this is what I'm going to do. And you may help. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
let's just let's just come back to that. But I'm I'm in charge. But you come along. <laughs> uh, we will be back in just a sec. This is Todd Agnew with Isaiah six. Saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the terrain of His rule filled the temple. And above Him were Six mighty wings with two they cover their faces with two they cover their feet and with two they fly 
Welcome back. Okay, this is part three of our encounter with God. Um, but we have, I think, a text message has come in. We've got a quick thought that is absolutely worth sharing. Um, it's from Nita? Yep. It's from Nita, yep. The things God had for Isaiah to share needed to be communicated. That means words with the association of speaking. Isaiah did not feel he could do this because his means of communicating was tainted with sin. So God is effectively cleansing Isaiah's communication to be holy enough to transmit his holy message. Oh, that's awesome. Ooh, yes. Fully. That's great. Um, yeah, I really like that. Before we go on, do you want to give us one more clue for our quiz? One more clue. Yeah. We're starting to we're starting to get into the um the the narrow end of the, of who it could be. <laughs> Clue number four: I am Laban's oldest daughter. All right, guys. So, Ooh. who is this person? Laban's oldest daughter had was mother of three, three of oh my days. Tell me again who the kids were: <laughs> Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, and Zebulun. That's, oh, okay. That's Lots. definitely more than three. Definitely that's more than three. <laughs> definitely more than three. Yes. Okay. So, who is this person? If you know who it is, give us a call. What are the numbers? One eight hundred three two four eight four three, or text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Who is this person? The prize is still up for grabs. While we're off air, you two both had some really interesting thoughts. So. Carly, mm. well, tell us, yeah. tell us more. We got a bit excited, so we just kept discussing. We sure did. And then we thought we should save it yeah. and actually speak to you guys so that mm. you know. <laughs> so now we're going to share it with the rest of you. Um, yeah, just think about what Min was saying before about this idea, this idea of, like as I was saying, okay, woe is me, I'm undone. But what happens when you go the complete opposite and you're like, you know what? I've got my life sorted. Mm. God, let me go and share your message. Like, I can do this. Um, and we actually see that. When we look back, and so in verse 1 it said, In the year that King Uzziah died, if we go back and look in Second Chronicles chapter 26, we see a whole section here where it talks about the penalty for Uzziah's pride. And just before that, in the first section, it talks about all these amazing things that God did through this king and how he was used by God mm. um, just to bless the kingdom. But then we see what often happens, pride comes before a fall. And it says, So his fame spread far and wide. He was marvelously helped till he became strong. Verse 16, but when he was strong in his heart, sorry, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction Hmm. for he transgressed against the Lord, his God by entering. And again, we see the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And as we know from the following verses, this is not something that's appropriate for the king to do. Hmm. And the priests come in and they say, hey, look, buddy, you you shouldn't be in here. You shouldn't be doing this. This is for people who are set apart by God to be the priests, the sons of Aaron, consecrated to burn the incense. And so they literally say to him, get out of the sanctuary for you have trespassed. Mm. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Azir became furious and he had the censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead. And so we see the, the natural consequences here of when he's, he's stepping in and he's doing something that he was not called by God to do and mm. it wasn't appropriate for him to do. And if you continue on, you find out that he actually he ended up um, passing away because of leprosy. Um, living on his own and, and his life kind of takes a big, big downturn yeah. because he had that pride um, and just yeah. that, that impact that can have on your life when you step in and you go, you know what, I've got my life sorted. I don't need you, God, or I, I can help you, God, when yeah. God hasn't necessarily given you that particular role um, yeah. to take part in. But, yeah, Mitch, you had some awesome ideas about this idea of fire and the impact that that can have. Yeah, well, it kind of ties in with Nita's thought from um, a little bit earlier, just the connection between um, – what the, the what the fire does 
for the person that it is that it is touching. Uh, and it made me think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who, when they were sent into the fire, the only things that actually burned on them were their ropes. Mm. So in the same sense that this coal is cleansing Isaiah of his, um, of his tainted communication, um, the same way this fire is burning the thing that's holding Shadrach and Meshach and yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back. It's just, you know, freeing them from their restraints and helping them go and, and, um, and deliver God's message to their people. Yeah, I really like that. I really like how all these stories kind of connect in some ways, you know, because mm. it's, for me, I was explaining to one of my sisters, so many people, I'm like, yeah, this is my family. Anyway, my sister in, in the UK, we were messaging the other day and I was saying the Old Testament for me just reveals the emotional, relational heart in a way that for me, the New Testament often doesn't. Now we see that heart, but it's just manifested mm. really differently. Whereas you have all of these stories and I was like, man, this is it's such a work of grace that God is consistently calling his people. But I think as you were saying, Carly, right, it wasn't that, yeah, it was, it's not about God going, I'm going to punish because I'm harsh mm. to be mean. Yeah. But it's like, man, I need you to understand that you're never going to get to save yourself. Like, do you understand? And he's a king. So he's this full representative to the people. And he's just like, sanctuary, what of it? I can come and do the thing. And God's like, no, you you can't sort yourself mm. out. Like like in the start of Isaiah, like as as a book, we see that in ver- uh, in chapter 1, sorry, verse 16, what, down to like 18, it's this whole wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. They are red like crimson they shall be as wool like it's this beautiful Mm. aspect of god being like you are a mess you are (laughs) like let's not let's not pretend you're not because i can't help you heal what you refuse to let me see you know and so then he comes and he's like all right you have you need to communicate better i got you sorted yeah you know it's like i don't know i just think god's incredible that he invites us into this consistently Mm. because that's a conversation i constantly have with god i'm like and if I'm being honest, it probably sways between the two. I'm like, I think I'm okay. Because like, mm. you're not. <laughs> or I'm like, no, 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 I'm not the one you want. He's like, you are. Like, <laughs> but yeah, what you said about the, what, what did it, his heart was lifted up. In the strength when his yeah. heart was lifted up or something. Mm. That's so interesting. Because it's that whole, yeah, pride comes for a fall. And then that's Paul's thing, right, in First Corinthians 12, where he says, um, my Grace is sufficient for your weakness. Mm. Like the minute I stand in my strength of like, I'm sweet, man. Like I'm not. Yeah. But when I'm in that space of there's something here that I'm not strong enough to do, God's like, yeah, but I, I got it. Yeah. Anyway, that's just, no, it's, just that's cool. I love that. And just this idea that it's something that God does. Like when we think about fire and the idea of fire being purified and then and then my brain goes on the tangent of like yeah but fire like purifies gold yeah and I remember hearing an anecdote about someone explaining that process and how when you know someone who was purifying gold with fire was like yeah but how do you know when it's done and it's like oh because you know all the impurities get burned away and he's like oh I know it's done when I actually see my reflection in it yeah and that whole idea of God purifying us with fire through the Holy Spirit through everyday aspects of our life Mm. Um, and I just love in Proverbs where it says Proverbs chapter 17 verse 3 it says, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. 
Hey. And so it's like God tests yeah. us and he goes, hey, where are you at? Let me share with you where you're at. Let me share with you that you actually need me. Just like as I was like, oh, I'm in the presence of God. I need God. I am not worthy. Mm. But then let me actually purify you through that using the Holy Spirit and using experiences in life. And then as a result of that, he then calls us to go and share um, yeah, God's love with everyone that we come in contact with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about in the interview of day with Jennifer just before, she was talking about the brain and brain function and brain structure. And oh, I can't even remember what I asked her, but it was kind of, you know, how, how can you even begin to make changes? And she was saying when you um, when your brain becomes aware, like the more you know, the more you can become aware to make changes. I think it's the same thing. Like the Bible talks consistently about like the knowledge of God. And there's a beautiful passage somewhere later in Isaiah that says, you know, when the knowledge of the Lord fills the earth, and that's when you have this whole, the lion will lie with the lamb, that, you know, in heaven it's going to be sweet um, because the true knowledge of who God is is going to just be forefront in our minds. But we come to the end of our Encounter with God section. Um, It is now time for a song called Here I Am, and it's by various artists. You're on the Brecky Show. God is looking for those who are willing to say, here am I, send me. He says in Psalm 2, ask of me, and I will give the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. The Lord wants to use us to take his light to the world. He's saying to us tonight, ask of me. Ask of me, and I will give the nations.
Listen to Faith FM anytime, anywhere with the free Faith FM app, available on the Apple App Store and the Android Google Play Store. Hey, I'm Julia from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us and we'd love to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back. Okay, we have one more clue for our quiz. One more clue. This one's a bit of a twofer. I am Rachel's sister, part one. Part two, I have weak eyes. Specifically? Very specific. I feel like the first one would have helped me more. Probably. But- <laughs> probably. Not up to date on all of the um, optometry no, the needs of Bible characters. Yeah, no. Give us the numbers to call again, if you know the numbers answers. Numbers to call. If you would like to call, it's 1-800-324-843. And if you would like to text, 0491-064-669. And the prize is still up for grabs. The prize is still there. It is now come time for... Question of the day. Okay, Mitch, tell us what our question for today is. Question for today is, what is the age of accountability? It's a big question. It's a big question. So, we are all either teacher or teachers in training, Mm -hmm. and so we were talking about this, but um, you have a Bible verse I think you're going to read. Well, I, I do. It's more the, the angle that I was kind of thinking was down, down the track of, okay, well, how accountable are we mm-hmm. and when do we become accountable for whether or not we believe in the existence of God? So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of a big, big old tangent there. But I did want to share, so in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Which is a pretty solid statement. Yep. I'd concur. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, for me, as I, as I read this, I think, okay, well, even if someone's never sat in a church or heard a sermon or heard anyone actually speak words about God and his existence, waking up, walking outside, looking at the world around us, it's such an incredible earth that we live on. Mm. There is just, I am not a scientist, but I've heard scientists speak and there's some amazing <laughs> things in this world. And even if you just think about the human body, and so for me, when I look at the world and I look at the humans around, I'm like, yeah, there, there is a lot of evidence for mm. the existence of God. And if I look at that, then I have to think, okay, well, what do I do with that? Do I go, okay, yep, there might be evidence, but I don't want to acknowledge that God in my life or give him any kind of say in what happens in my life. Um, but if I do, the flip side then is if we have a look at Acts chapter 2 in verse 38, it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Mm. And I just love this idea of God calling humanity back to him, saying, hey, look, I've given you this world. Have a look at it. It's beautiful. Mm. What are you going to do with the fact that I'm real? Do you want that relationship with me? And if so, all you need to do is repent, give your heart back to me, and then let's do life together. Yeah. I just think that's beautiful. For sure. Mm. Do you have any thoughts, Mitch, that you want to share? I do. Uh Mine's not uh, straight from the Bible. Mine's actually a, a educational theory that I learned in one of my classes. Uh, that's a plug for Avondale. Um, <laughs> basically, Lawrence Kohlberg's stages of moral development, there are three stages. The first is uh, pre-conventional, where kids might follow rules to avoid the punishment of breaking the rule. Um, and, it's, and it's self-motivated. It's, it's out of self-interest. Level two is where they live up to the expectations of others. There's a social expectation for their behavior, and that's what they'll um, follow. But level three is uh, where they start to follow a developed moral compass. Mm. Their, their sense of right and wrong is now internalized, and they can make decisions for themselves whether it's right or wrong. I don't really 
know how this might play into your interpretation of, of what the age of accountability is. That's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that um, there's some level of understanding that yeah. they need to achieve um, in order for them to be accountable. Otherwise, they don't realize it, that mm. they're doing anything wrong. Mm. I don't know. Your thoughts would be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I kind of like what both of you guys have said, and I think I don't know that there is a specific age. You know, I know friends who, from the time they were eight, they were like, I know I want to get baptized and I want to follow Jesus. That Like, they knew that was it, and they have since their whole life it's been following Jesus. And I, I've heard some past, not all, but some past have been like, no, that's too young and they don't know yet. I was like, man, they knew. I have other friends, they did the same, and they have since left. You know, I I don't know that there's a specific time, but I think, I don't know, we all have some degree of knowledge and awareness. I don't know. God knows that. Mm. It is Casting Crowns with Loving My Jesus. We'll be back in just a sec. I was a Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that day That I'd spend the rest my life loving my Jesus showing my scars telling my story of how mercy could reach you where you are and I pray the whole world hears the cry of my heart is to see all ones I love, loving my Jesus. Sin tries to make you hide, whispers that same old lie. Keep all your pain inside, cause no one will love. Thing this lost world needs someone I'm trying to be. The truth that has set me free is that I'm just a broken man. Loving my
my last song's been sung I stand face to face with the one Who gave all for me May all I have to show Be all that matter most Making your great name known Let this be my only legacy Loving my Jesus Showing my scars And telling my story Of how mercy Can reach you where you are I pray the whole world hears The cry of my heart Is to see all the back we have come to the end of the show sad times actually kind of mm. nice but anyway thank you for joining us today before we go we have had a couple of bragging rights for the prize no one as yet has got this second one um so that is still up for grabs it's patriarchs and profits um you can just give us a call shoot us a text we also have a giveaway we do this giveaway is a book called incredible answers to prayer it's written by roger j morneau oh if you are interested first caller in Yep, no strings attached. Just no strings attached. No, no knowledge needed. That's it. Yeah. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843, which is also 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's easy to remember. Or send us a text on 0491-064-669, and that is yours for free. So the prize is still up for grabs, patriarchs and profits. You have to know the answer to the clues. Um or, uh, actually, do we have another clue? We do. Check we have we have last, last one. Yeah. We are down to a selection of names. I am Lucy, Leah, or Orpa. Okay, so which one? Come on, guys, multi-choice. Mm. Like, <laughs> odds are pretty good. Odds are pretty good. They're in your favour. Um, yeah, or our giveaway, Answers to Prayer, Roger J. Morneau. I haven't read this book, but he's, he has quite an amazing testimony, so I imagine this book full of Answers to Prayer would be quite incredible. Um, as you go through the day, don't forget to spend some time with Jesus. Have a reflect on what we've been studying today. And as always, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. I tried and I failed 
Every 